This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting and sometimes controversial happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodard and you are tuned into the midweek show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or so of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday and join me for a second appearance of the season, a renaissance, you might call it, um, Seb Brown. How are you doing, Seb? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. You... um. You said you're ill, but you don't sound too ill. I have just literally dosed up on Red Bull coffee and uh, and those um, night nurse tablets, the day nurse ones, not not the night nurse. Night ones. nurse tablets, the, uh, the day nurse tablets to get me through. So I will uh, I will power through. Um, we've got a few bits and pieces of news to talk about, and obviously the Wickham game. I'll start with um I'll start with my little story, my Ipswich Town story from the weekend, which was I went on a, a bit of a golf trip over the weekend to Tenerife. As you do, you know, living it. Enjoy up a bit of sunshine while it's cold over it here. It's yeah. 24 degrees every day, sunny, brilliant. I came back here, it's bloody miserable. But then I live in the <laughs> Midlands and it's always miserable. But I, so I walk into this place where we're having lunch and I see this guy kind of leaning on the stairs and I kind of walk up and he's looking down the stairs and um, I clock him and think, eh, that's a familiar face um, <laughs> and don't really think much of it. But I, I kind of do a pleasant smile as you do because. A, I'm English, and B, we're at a golf club, and you know, you know, you know, we're posh and nice to each other. And I think about it more and more, and think that must be that looks like Paul Cooper. And it's oh, so you, did, you tweaked yourself. You didn't have to. I thought, and then I checked my phone. Um, I don't know why, because I'm pretty. I was pretty certain straight away. And then you've got the kind of British thing about do I say something and make a tit of myself? And because <laughs> I was basically in a foreign country, and you never meet the people that you, you um, find in foreign countries ever again. It's like, well, what have I got to lose? So I said, yeah. um, are you Paul Cooper? And he goes, 
yeah, you uh, you hear about the golf clubs, and it's like, oh no, no, I'm an Ipswich Town fan, and I think I totally <laughs> caught him out. I don't think he was expecting someone to go, I'm an Ipswich Town fan, um, or maybe um, I was going to say someone of my age to to know who he was because he was before my time, um, yeah. and had a nice little chat. Um, he's been out there for twenty years. It's like, oh, it's, um, someone's got to. That was his line, you know, his little joke that someone's got to live out here 25 degrees every day in the in the, in the winter. A hard um, life then. Hard life. But I asked him about Ipswich. I asked him about the FA Cup. I wanted to kind of trigger him on the cup and he wasn't having it. Um, really? No. But, uh, about how embarrassing it was for because I think I mentioned it when I was on for the Lincoln first game in the cup. Um, how um, Walkie was embarrassed or talking about how embarrassing it was in the first round, but Cooper wasn't having it. Um, but he said it was good to have the crowds coming back. He he made a big thing okay. of um, more crowds is more revenue. Um, um, so clearly a businessman, clearly got his head switched on about that kind of stuff. Um, but that was my exciting happening on Saturday before um, before you guys went and watched Blackpool. Um, so there you go. Any any You didn't, you uh, didn't pair up with him and go for a... Uh, a round of nine with the running. A round of look at you pretending like you know. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We um, yeah, we no, unfortunately not. I think he um, I think he hosts tours and stuff out there. Um, so I think he's more in an admin stuff. But um, yeah, he was looking very well, very tanned. Obviously, I I've completely forgot that he's a West Midlander as well. So he had a. I think he's from Solihull or Solihull, from okay, so which is just up the road from me. And yeah. so I was a bit caught out when he was started talking in a kind of a, a West Midlands accent, and, and <laughs> my best not to join in. Well, no, no, I, I kind of yeah, I've lost it a little bit. Um, and I, a few weeks ago, I posted his double penalty save against Derby back in yeah. eighty something, I think eighty one, maybe I think it was, um, and was going to put that up and thought no. And then Ben mentioned it on Sunday, get a selfie, but. A, it was in a golf club, and that's a bit weird. But B, I'm not sure that's the kind of thing that players of that era do. I don't know. It felt a bit weird, so I didn't do that. But hello to Paul Cooper. If you're listening, you won't be listening. I'm, I'm sure he definitely is listening. Yeah. <laughs> big fan of the podcast. Um, so, uh, mates. <laughs> me, me, me and Coop's best mates. Um, let's move it up to date, shall we, Sam? Let's, um, let's bring it up to right to date. Um, a few bits of I've got, it's it's less news and more quotes this week, yeah. um, or this um, last few days since Sunday. Um, I'll start with Janoy Danasian, um, who has who is one of the beneficiaries, in his words, um, not not his words, my words, <laughs> of this rotation <laughs> policy for the cups. Not my words; the words are shaking Stevens. Um, and he says, um, "What does he say? The boys are winning. It's a team game, so I was happy for the team." Um, but when um, the time comes, you want to take it and hopefully put on um, put on his best. Um, but uh, yeah, he says how much, um, no matter how much training you do, how much running you do, unless you're playing games, then your fitness is just going to deteriorate. So the games in leasing.com trophy were on brand here have been very good for me personally. So it's good to see, I guess, the other side of the equation because we've been bitching and moaning on the pods and on Twitter about this rotation. Good to see someone's got something positive out of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Ben or, or Dave from the weekend described him as the poster boy for the for the selection and, and the rotation policy. And I guess he is. I mean, he started the season and then obviously, you know, Vincent Young comes in and, and does superbly well and Danassian just dropped off a cliff. I, I presumed he'd be either let go on loan before the end of the uh, the deadline or, uh, or certainly let go in January. Uh, we had Edwards uh, right back against Accrington and I think in one of the EFL games as well. So I, I thought his time was up. But uh, to be fair to him, he's come back in. He's, he's playing well. He had a very shaky last 15 minutes last night, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. But um, he didn't really put a foot wrong in the uh, in the couple of cup games before that. And, and with the news yesterday about 
Vincent Young being out now potentially for months. Uh, I guess we have at least got a uh, an able deputy. Um, I don't think he's as good as Vincent Young, but um, hopefully he'll be able to uh, continue this form for a, a good few games yet. Yeah, just briefly on the Vincent Young thing, um, again, mm. quotes. Um, so uh, Lambert says he's going to be out for a, for a right long time, I think. Yeah. Um, I've just found out myself. Um, different injury to what he had. It's come from the South End game. It just happened. Um, it's up in the groin, Seb. Up in the groin. I think it's an adductor area, which is going to be a bit of a blow. Um, it'll be a few months. Not the end of the season, but um, certainly New Year for sure. Um, that is a shame. And I, I tried to um, get some insider information on Vincent Young from my brother-in-law who's a Coyu fan as to whether Vincent Young has a history of this. I'm not sure he does. Of course he doesn't. He's just signed for us, so therefore he's naturally going to get Exactly right. You moved to Ipswich and you've become injury yeah. friend, don't you? Yeah. Um, but a real shame. Uh, a massive shame. And I'm a bit worried as well with the sort of the, the vagueness on the timelines. I mean, we were told that Teddy Bishop was three months and that's now coming up for six months later. So I've got a horrible feeling this could be one of those where he might do an under-23 game in sort of January, February and have a setback again. I hope I'm wrong, um, but it, it didn't sound great with all the, the quotes from Lambert. I thought it was sort of a bit vague and, uh, and rather worrying. You're, you need doctor's notes. You need like proper, you know, the, the diagnosis. You need that set out. I just need, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, you know, look at us over the past few years with our injury, our injury record is ridiculous. So we're sort of in this mindset now where a player gets injured and whatever the time scale is given to us, normally you've got to double it. Uh, in the case of Addy Amy and Hughes, you know, sometimes you've got to quadruple it. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit concerned because he is vital to the way we play, especially if we're going to keep on with the uh, with the wing backs. Um, Danassian's doing okay in my in my book. He's not as good as Vincent Young. So hopefully it is only going to be for sort of, you know, maybe let's say end of January, February time, getting back in the team for the run-in. But I, I, I would be worried at this point. But I'm a pessimistic person. so you know. Yeah, so am I. And you, you made you started speculating last night about cover because obviously Danassian gets injured or suspended. And he might have got suspended after last night, um, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, you had a theory? Grant Ward, that was the logical thing I thought. I mean, Edwards at right back clearly doesn't work. Uh, Cotter's out on loan and appearing nowhere near the first team picture. Uh, Crow was incredibly highly rated. Everyone thought he was going to leave. He did sign a new deal, but he's, he's not been involved in the EFL games. Grant Ward put a picture uh, on Instagram a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week where it was a number two shirt and he said it was his first contact game. Uh, number two would suggest he is playing at sort of right back slash right wing back. He did play there under Klug. Whenever Klug uh, got, a, got a game or two, he seemed to favour Grant Ward in that position. So I could see that happening uh, on a short-term deal to the, to the end of the season, providing he can prove his fitness just to just for a bit of cover in case Dynastian does either, you know, have a slump in form or or get a red card like could have happened last night. You're not having Edwards, uh, a three at the back and Edwards on the right. Uh, no, not for me. I mean, teams seem to suss it out pretty quickly and just put the biggest player they've got on him, a bit like Bristol City did last year against Kenlock on the other side. And what we don't like, we can cope with that. So not for me. He's a winger. He's not big enough or strong enough to be a fullback. I'm one of those people that I'm not going back. I, I, I just, Grant Ward never really, it never really clicked or figured itself out. And to it me, didn't, but he, he didn't have a set position, did he? I mean, Mick started as a right true. winger. He had a brilliant debut. Then he started playing inside in central midfield. Then he went to this right wing back role. So he never really got a, a consistent run in the team in a consistent position, I don't think. Um, I, what, what would you do if, if Danassian were to get injured? And obviously Vincent Young's out. What, what would you have, Edwards, at right back? I guess that's the only choice, isn't it? It's yeah. interesting you mentioned Crow because that, that's a name. We need to speak to Joe about Dylan Crow because that was, as you say, I think it was interest from Premier League there. That yeah. kind of... Um, 
got his tension and then suddenly he's out of the picture a lot and then injured I think as well and not really okay. back there but um yeah it's an interesting one oh uh, yeah if we're down to the bare bones as Harry would say I guess you could do worse than Grant Ward well um, Chambers at right back obviously it's not. Chambers I like Wolfenden <laughs> when Wolf um so when Vincent Young went off at South End Wolfenden shifted yeah. over there I thought Wolfenden was quite good and we were talking on last night about how Wolfenden kind of is the most creative of the back three or back two yeah. when he's in there yeah. I'd quite happy to see him out there but yeah Danassian has the shirt is up to him to kind of <laughs> stake a claim but you get the feeling that Vincent Young gets fit and he's back in the team, isn't he? Uh, I would have thought so. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. You know, he's Lambert's one sort of you know purchased player uh, with any real kind of money or anything. He, he played really well in the, what do we see him for? Is it six games, maybe seven games before he started picking up the injuries? Uh, I, I think when he's fit, he's, he's straight back in the side and rightly so. And Lambert's got a weird history with Danassian and Villa as well. But <laughs> I don't think they've yeah. resolved. They need therapy. Talking of Lambert <laughs> um, and needing therapy, um, I don't know whether <laughs> Stuart Watson was kind of his therapist for the pre-match press conference, but it seemed... Either he woke up on the wrong side of bed or the right side of bed um, because it was, quote, tastic on Tuesday or Monday, I think it was. <laughs> um, I'll, I've, I've, I'll read it as Stu, Stu has put it in the paper. Um, question, Wickham scored in stoppage time today. That puts them five points clear. Lambert, it's, I'm not going to do the voice. It's a disaster, isn't it? An absolute unbelievable disaster. Honestly, I think we've played, what, 45 games and have one game left. It's a disaster. Um <laughs> Second question. It feels like a big game. Honestly, it's a disaster. <laughs> um, we've played 17 games, yeah? Maybe we can lose the title this month. Can we lose it? Can we lose the title this month? Maybe not. Let's see what's happening in May. We've got two games in hand and we're a good side. Make no mistake about it, we're a good side. Um, is Lambert getting bored, Seb, at these press conferences? Because it was moaning about us moaning about rotation <laughs> last week. And now it's, I'm going to have a bit of fun and games. Um, or is, is he a bit cantankerous? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I think it's a bit, of, to quote Dave, a bit of both. He's getting a bit sort of cranky, isn't he? When we had the pre-Burton conference right at the start of the season, where he was clearly very upset and very angry, you know, and he made his point about signings and whatnot, and he, he got his way with it. Uh, the one last week about the the cup rotation and team selections, you know, that was that was like going back to Mick. It could have been 2016 all over again with the language used and the points made. The more you and, shout and, for a player, the less likely yeah. I am to start them. Yeah, exactly. It was very much like that, wasn't it? But um, this one again, he just he just seems. I don't know if he finds the press conferences dull or he's getting bored of the same people asking the same kind of questions. Uh, it's it's quite good in some ways. I mean, there can be nothing worse than a bland press conference. At least it's not boring. You know, he's 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 saying it as it is a little bit. Um, it, in my opinion, it was a big game yesterday. Uh, I understand what he's saying in terms of he's nothing's won in November, but it was a big game. The club put out that video on Twitter hyping it up a little bit. Um, so I think in their eyes, it was kind of a big game. I think maybe he was just trying to downplay expectations or uh, uh, or, or, or he's just grumpy in his old age. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's let's get on to the big game, shall we? I, I don't know. What, I think probably if I'm Paul Lambert, I think probably the more, the most stupid thing is people like you and me um, <laughs> reading, into, reading too much into it. I think Stuart Watson was quite um, keen to let people know that there was kind of a glint. It was jovial. He said it was yeah. jovial as well. Stuart Watson did say that when you read the, the back and fro on the EADD website, he was saying, you know, that makes it sound like it was a lot more heated than it was. It wasn't. It was like you say, a glint in his eye, a cheeky wink. You know, it was, uh, it was just it was sort of banter. Yeah. Um, let's not do any more of those quotes. No, let's move swiftly let's move on. Move it on um, yeah. to our first ever meeting with Wickham. Um, in our history, Seb. Um, we're kind of ticking these achievements off this season. What a time to um, be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> um, Ipswich Town lining up in a 
three, four, one, two formation, four changes, a little bit more rotation. Again, a change of system. Big news, I think, again, is Holly in goal. This rotation of the goalkeepers, where do you stand on this? Because I think generally, the theory goes this season, I think we throw everything out of the window that we think we know about football in League One because clearly we know nothing. And Lambert's <laughs> been there and knows it. Yeah. Most of us would say constant rotation um, is a bad thing. And moving the goalkeepers around and rotating the goalkeepers is also a bad thing. What is your, what's your take, Seb? Personally, I'm not a fan of the goalkeeper changing the whole time. Uh, we saw it last year with Gherkin and then Bart and then Bart and then Gherkin. Uh, I think it, they struggled to get a, a decent run of form and momentum. Uh, when you factor into that, the fact that Norris isn't our player, you know, he's a Wolves player, so he could be recalled any minute, or also we are just developing another team's player like we've done in the past. I, I would like to see Holy um, the number one choice. He, he didn't, in my eyes, do anything wrong and deserve to be dropped for the uh, the South End game first time around. Um, so I thought it was harsh then. I understand, you know, if you do get drops or, or rested, whatever it's called these days, unless you, unless you make a mistake that the shirt is yours. But I was very surprised to see him come back in last night. Maybe it was a, a tactical thing lacking Fenwell being the sort of the beast that. that he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, being the unit that he is, maybe you want that extra bit of presence in the penalty box because you assume they're going to be flooding in crosses all game. Um, but for me now, I'd like to see Holy have a proper run in the team. By all means, Norris can play in the cup games, um, but I, I don't understand why, why we chop and change the keeper. The rotation of the players, outfield players, fair enough. Danassi, and like we've spoken about, is the uh, the poster boy for that working. But in goal, I would like to see in the league uh, a consistent number one. Yep. Let's go through the rest of the lineup then. So Wolfen and Chambers and Wilson comes back in, again, possibly with for a bit more of a physical presence at the back. Um Danassian and Garbert are the wire players with Scoose and Hughes comes back in um, for a league start. There, Nolan is just behind the front two. Nord is back into the team um, from a precautionary rest or injury or anything else. Um, and Jackson in his is his partner. And I think we'll come through to this at the end of the uh, kind of the sum of this match. But this two up front works much better than the one up front, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. In in my eyes, we have to play two up front pretty much every week, uh, either be it in a four four two or in this uh, this three five two formation. Jackson, we saw it last year. Uh, he, he's not good enough. He doesn't get enough support to play as the one man up front on his own. If you had players bursting from midfield and the wide players cutting in, if, if we had Sears and Lancaster, for example, in a four three three, either side of him, I'd be a lot more confident because they are naturally attacking players. They will look to get in the box and they will look to create chances and score goals. We saw it too many times last year where the the midfield it was like a four. It wasn't a 4-3-3. The wingers don't get Mike up in support. So I always like to see a player up there with Jackson. And Norwood and Jackson have got a pretty decent partnership as well. You know, Jackson uses his pace to run the channels. Norwood's the nuisance. He's buzzing around. He's upsetting people. They just complement each other pretty well. So so when I saw the team, Downs aside, who obviously was uh, was uh, was ill, uh, I, I had no issues with it. Yeah, good call on Downs. Um, that was a an illness. Um, yet yeah. to hear more information on that. Um, and Edwards is back on the bench as is Roy. Um, let's um, go through the Wickham team. I think it was written down as a four three three, but I kind of had it more as a four one four one. Yeah. Um, Ryan Allsop in goal. Um, Jack Grimmer ex Kov and more of them later. Oh, um, lovely. You must be really excited for the next two weeks. Oh, mate, it's I'm having the time of my life <laughs> I'm basically two home games in a week and um, the new motorway bit of the A14 the new bypass bit doesn't open until December so you know then I'll have 20 minutes off the home journey and it'll feel much better but for now I'll get my football fixed in Cov. Coming. <laughs> it's coming soon um, 
Anthony Stewart, Wesley Charles make up the back two with Joe Jacobson, more of him later on. Um, Dominic Gape is the midfielder sat in front of the back four. Um, Ex-town youngster, Matt Bloomfield, captain for the night, um, along with Curtis Thompson makes up the midfield two. And then wingers, David Wheeler on the right, Smythe on the left. And up front, 37-year-old, 16 stone, Adeveo Akinfenoir um, makes up the Wickham team. Um, Matt Bloomfield um, is a coach at Portman Road a couple of days a week, apparently. Um, Captain for the night. And his first um, meaningful contribution, Seb, is to rotate us from the kickoff, which is bloody annoying, isn't it? (laughs) I hate it when that happens. But, you know, some teams do know that we, uh, in the second half, the North Stand does roar roar us on. So I wasn't wasn't that surprised uh, that he did it, not being a town, you know, being a town player or ex-player and spending time around the club. He'll know all all the tricks and stuff. Yep. Um, and two other things to mention as well. Ed Sheeran in the house. He loves a midweek game. Let's pour right under the lights. Um, he's seen more Tuesday night games this season than I have. Um, <laughs> and Cole Scuse, 250th league start. We had a football manager special a few weeks ago, me and Joe. If you were to be asked, 250 league starts for Cole Scuse, he's quite a good servant for the club. Is that what you would say? Yes, exactly master. what I would say. Yeah. Um, Let's go through this. I mean, there's, there's clearly, Seb, spoiler alert, some really pivotal key moments in here. We're not going to go Is through. All right, okay. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. This <laughs> um, um, Bloomfield has the first F, actually. It's just a, a shot from just outside the area sperm, um, well struck just wide. Um, and then we have these um, these two penalty shouts on 30 minutes. Um, Jacobson it is, I think, both times. Wilson and Nolan um, have their shots. Um, Nolan's is probably the most clear cut, but we're yet to see a good angle on this. We don't have, because this is League One, Seb, we don't have 20 angles of this, nor do we have VAR, even though it feels like we did have VAR further on in the first (laughs) half. Um, um, But quite a lot of people thinking this is a penalty. I'll be honest, I've not seen a replay of the Nolan one. The Wilson one I didn't think was a penalty. The Nolan one, the players reacted really, really strongly like it was a, a decent shout. Uh, I didn't think it was personally, but I've only had the benefit of seeing it, I think, once on iFollow last night. So I've I've not been able to follow it up. Uh, Lambert was pretty adamant in the post-match that it was a penalty. Uh, so I guess you could say that the Wickham may have got away with one there. I know I know, Lowe's sort of on the edge of the area. He fires the shot in. Uh, it does hit the guy's hand and it sort of bounces out for a corner. Um, but I don't remember his hands being specifically, you know, I don't think they were really out away from his body much. Um, but, but, but I could be wrong I've not seen it again I'll be honest um, 15 minutes Wolfenden plays in a lovely ball to Jackson who's on the edge of the area lovely spin yeah. past Charles um, gets him round him just outside the penalty area cuts back in gets his cross it's kind of chest height and Norwood talk to us about this effort here does Norwood goes with his head I guess it's probably the right height for a head um, but he should score this shouldn't he Absolutely, yeah. He's got to. He's got to score it and hit the target. I mean, he's what three, four, five yards out at most. Um, the goal is gaping. He, he he needs to bury that. And I think probably a fit Norwood, uh, an informed Norwood, does score it. Jackson does well. Uh, he runs the channels really well when he's playing with Norwood. So he does really well to take the ball into control. Whips the ball in. Keeper's not going to save it. All you've got to do is nod it into the goal. And so annoyingly, he puts it wide. I saw a, uh, a thing on. I think it was Twitter or TWT earlier saying that Norwood's record in big games is is a little bit shoddy. Um, and, and again, you would have to say it's a big game. And yet again, he he hasn't scored when. Unfortunately, he's the person that sort of paid the big bucks to do that. So for me, it was a fairly guilt-edged chance and he definitely definitely should have buried it. Well, no no wins for us as a team against any of the teams in the, I'm looking through this, top 
We have at the time, don't forget, Fleetwood were in there. Yeah, Fleetwood's the only at one the that time. we've beaten. Um, yeah. In the top six, obviously, we've not played all of them yet. But yeah, yeah. record not great generally there. But um, yeah, Norwich should score. Um, maybe he needs to kind of do this kind of the 1940s kind of just clatter in and throw his body <laughs> at the ball. And maybe he goes in. Um, 26. The record would have sent him off last night if he'd done that though. So. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 26. Holly with a good save with his legs. And when Akin Fenway controls the ball well and gets a, a shot away early, kind of half volley. 30 minutes, Nolan, it's a naughty one, um, goes off to Bloomfield and who's pointing at his shin as if to say, come on, ref, send him off. Um, Nolan gets away with the yellow. Um, but they were doing that, all, sorry to jump in, they were doing that all game though. Every single decision, Wickham were all around the referee straight away in his ear. You know, I, I didn't feel it needed that, but I, I've not seen Wickham play at all this season elsewhere. So I don't know if that's what they what they do in every game. But I just thought last night there was no real need for the sort of the the outhousery, shall we say, uh, tactics they were, I thought they were employing with, with regards to the ref. And maybe you have to say, maybe it did have an influence with, with what's to come. You can say shithousing, so that's fine. Okay. Um, 41, Chambers heads Garbutt's corner just wide. And here we are. This is this is the moment, Seb, where the game is spun Oh, the goal. Out. Yeah, the perfectly yeah, good goal. Yeah, the perfectly good goal. Yeah. Uh, I've got goal disallowed. Um, so this is Garbutt crossing in um, again from a cleared corner. Norwood kind of goes for it, misses it. Um, and Chambers, yeah, talk to us about your view on this because... It's Chambers who gets a, a kind of a definitive contact here, but there yep. is so much going on. Go on, you tell us about this, Seb. What, what's your recollection or your what's your conclusion? So my conclusion of it is the ball comes in, it's a decent ball in from Garbutt. Chambers flicks it towards goal. Uh, it takes a quite a definitive touch, I think, off the uh, the Wickham defender. Jackson is offside, but he's, he's he doesn't touch the ball. He, you couldn't say he's interfering with play. He's not impeding the goalkeeper. He's not obstructing the goalkeeper's view or anything. So to me, it's an own goal. Um, you know, Chambers, I don't think the header would have necessarily reached the, uh, the corner of the net without the aid of the little deflection off the Wickham player. But in my eyes, there's no doubt at all. It's a, it's a clear own goal. Um, and the length of time it took as well before it was ruled out. You know, yeah. we're all celebrating. The North Stand's going crazy. Everyone's celebrating. We're ready for the kickoff, and then suddenly the ref goes and has a chat with the uh, with the linesman, and, and, and suddenly it's been it's been ruled out. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, I know we we can't expect a decent. Well, no, we can expect a decent level of refereeing in this league, but but some of the decisions were, were just were just farcical, and obviously this was the the worst one by a mile. And in my eyes. I, I couldn't see why why it was ruled out. It's a clear own goal. It's it's one ellipse, which we, we move on. You mentioned the thirty seconds to one minute gap between yeah. the goal being scored and the goal being ruled out. This is what it feels like for fans who've watched Premier League teams who have decisions of VAR taken away from them. It's, it's horrible, isn't happy. it? Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be quite happy with 30 seconds. Some of the VAR ones in the Premier League have taken three, four minutes. Um, so I think they'd be really grateful for a, a minute or a 30-second delay. But, um, but but yeah, it was just a bit farcical. You know, it's, it's suddenly it's not given. We're ready to kick off again, and it's it's, well, it's bonkers in my eyes. As Mick would say, it's, it's bonkers in my eyes. Oh, it was a, a ridiculous decision. The referee was crap all evening. This was sort of the, the start of the of the real shittiness from him, and it was uh, it was just farcical. The, yeah, the Lino's role here is an interesting one. Um, I don't see how he can he can see Jackson. Yeah, and I think that's and about I think it. Jackson is off, I think Jackson is offside. Um, or in an offside but, position. Sorry, yeah, in yeah. offside position, but he's not interfering. He's not with flagged the though, the Lino. No, exactly. So he's not interfering with the play. He can't be impeding the keeper because he's to the side of him. He's not. He's not got a touch on the ball. So it's 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 a ridiculous decision. So the, the crowd had already been wound up, as you mentioned. Wickham were quite. Um, and really set up in a way, we've got a question about this, setting up in a way to stifle the match, yep. but quite direct. Um, I wasn't expecting that from them either, but I guess 
you know, it's a, it's a game against one of the, the better teams in the division. So you can't rock up and play a track and attractive attacking football because you get picked off. But the referee, very um, picky, but made mistakes. And when the crowd pick up and the referee make mistakes, supporters get angry, don't they? And certainly towards the end of the first half, it got really nasty. It got really angry in the North Stand, particularly. Um, we talked about the time wasting, um, but this the referee kind of lost it. And, and there's another question about this. So we don't want to go into it too much. But was this too big a game for this referee, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a thing put out earlier about his record this season, and he showed something like 87 cards in, in 19 games. So he's averaging sort of four, four and a half, five cards a game. I don't know if he wanted to make it about himself, um, but for a top-of-the-table clash, you would expect, you know, maybe even a championship referee demoted for, for a weekend or whatever. You know, get get somebody who's got experience of big games in there. I've got no idea how many how long this guy's been a ref for. I, I don't know if he's got, you know, previous form, but in my eyes, he was completely out of his depth all evening. And I guess we're a little bit unfortunate that there was a championship program um, on Tuesday night and Wednesday night that probably stopped oh, us sorry, from getting yeah, a, a good right, referee. Yeah. No, no, yeah. And I think that's that's part of it. And and again, there's a question on this as well. This is the two top teams in the division, you know, get, trying to fight for promotion to the championship. It kind of yeah. makes sense for the referee to fit that billing um, to do this. And I don't think he was up for it. And, I, and uh, you know, League One, we've, we've long talked about league one the standard is crap isn't it there's there's kind of a level from maybe 10th downwards to the rest of the division where the standard is just not very good the officials in league one we talked about are not good either you know some good stuff a guy called justin on twitter who's posting about the salaries or the payments that referees in this division get i think it's something like 80 quid a match plus travel expenses up to 600 quid a match for a championship referee i think and you know you get what you pay for i think was justin's point yeah. It, it, this is just a standard of the level now that we're at and it it's frustrating I think that you know these, these could cost us points you know in, in other matches we haven't bemoaned the referees too much because we've won the game anyway we scored three goals tonight we, we won't get a shot on target we'll miss you know a really key opportunity through Norwoods and these things make a difference don't they Seb? Absolutely. And if you go back to the Blackpool game on Saturday, I know it's been covered already, but, you know, arguably there you've got a contentious penalty decision. Um, I've not seen enough replays of it to know if it is a penalty or not when Chambers dives in. And the ball that certainly from a still on, on, on the internet looks like it's over the line. You know, these decisions could cost us at the end of the season. What what if we lose out, uh, you know, by, by two or three points and we finish third and losing the playoffs? We are going to look back at nights like last night and think to ourselves, well, you know, we have arguably... Been uh, been done here by a, an awful refereeing decision, and like you say, with the with the difference in pay, you, you get what you pay for. That that is a fact. You know, a, a, a referee getting paid six hundred pounds a night is going to do a lot more better preparation, and you know, he's going to be much more in his game than somebody just getting eighty quid for uh, for turning up. But in, in my eyes, a big top of the table clash warrants a much better standard of officiating. I guess I should say that. Those are Justin's figures, so yeah, I trust sorry, him. Yeah, yeah, He's done yeah. the re- that's that's me who mentioned it, so you don't have to follow us for that. Um, I'm trusting Justin's done his research there, um, and we'll talk more, I think, in the questions and at the end of the sum for the match about about what we do here because we need to rise above this. And I don't think we did that. So start of the second half, no changes. Again, people are still a bit antsy. There's not a huge amount of action here. I've got 
nothing really until the 80th minute. And yeah, you wanted you wanted that sort of injustice to be used to spur the crowd on to think, right, just go and win it regardless. Don't let this be the talking point of the game. You know, start the second half, fired up. You assume Lambert would have got into them at half time and said, forget about that, you can't change it. Go out there, win the game, and make sure that the referee's decision is not the talking point from this match. But like you say, it just didn't happen until the last 10, 15 minutes. There's efforts for Nolan, there's a header for Norwood. Um, none of them really troubling anyone. Um and then 80 minutes, um, Cashgate, who's come as a sub, um, breaks into the area, nearly finds his way into a shooting chance, but um, he's a just to have handled the ball this time. Um, 81 minutes, I guess I'm calling out, um, I love to call out things, so hashtag call out. Um, 81 minutes, Wolfenden is being fouled and is booked oh, for appealing for too strongly. Yeah. That And yeah. this is the mistakes that frustrate supporters, I think, is is that was a clear foul on Wolfenden and... and yeah. Um, it's not given, and then he, and then he protests and gets booked for the pleasure. And Norwood's already got booked before for protesting with the linesman for the Deslau goal, um, and now misses the Coventry League game in a couple of weeks as well. Um, Eighty-two minutes. We've got a double change here: Edwards for Wilson, Rowe for Hughes. Um, too little, too late for you, Seb. Yeah, very late substitutions. I'd have made them probably 10, 20, even 20 minutes earlier. Uh, Hughes, in my eyes, struggled a bit last night. He wasn't, didn't seem to be at full. I, I know he's not at full fitness, but um, but he didn't really influence the game like I know he can. So I would have liked to have seen, personally, Judge come on and drop Nolan back into the central midfield position with Judge in that number 10 role that Nolan was playing in. I'd like to see that earlier, but for, for whatever reason, Lambert chose not to not to make that change. Um, Edwards is straight into it. He gets absolutely hacked to pieces <laughs> yeah. by Thompson just in front of the dugouts. Um, nothing doing from the set pieces. Gilbert's set pieces in the second half, certainly not as good as the first. Um, and then, Seb, we arrive at 86 minutes. Um, loose touch from Danassian gives the ball away to Akinfenor, who flies the, flies the ball into Freeman. Danassian lunges after Freeman, brings him down. The ball breaks forward to Gabe, who is Gabe, who is in on goal with Chambers. Seb, what happens next? So it's clearly outside of the box. The, you know, the replays have all shown that. Chambers comes across him. I think he obviously has a pull at him, pulls the shirt from what the, the stills on the internet look like. Um, the guy sort of throws himself down into the box and bizarrely the referee just sort of walks over and, and, and awards a penalty. Uh, Chambers and Wilson, I think it's their reactions. They're apoplectic. They, they can't believe what they've just seen. Uh, it all starts when Danassian tries to come inside and messes up. We actually get a little bit lucky. I think the ref must have forgotten or just let it go because Danassian completely takes the guy out. The guy that plays the ball forward, Danassian completely Freeman, takes him out. Yeah. And he's yeah, and he's on a yellow card already from the first half. So that's probably two yellows. That's probably a red card there. But for, for whatever reason, the inept official misses that one. Um, and then it's a, it's, it's a ridiculous decision. It's, it's not in the box. It's on the outside. You want your linesman to be strong in this situation. But he, uh, the, the, the referee just, just gives it and the crowd go crazy. So presumably the referee's played advantage to whip yeah, him yeah. for post Danassian's foul. Yep. As soon as the advantage doesn't play out, either, well, I guess he's, his argument would be that I gave the advantage they played on the head and a goal-scoring opportunity and the advantage is over and now Chambers has, Chambers has fouled. But presumably, you need to let the advantage play a little bit longer. You bring it back, Danassian's off. So I guess yep. the flip side is we, he's got away with one there. Yep. Um, do you think, Ch- I, I, I want to give Chambers the benefit of the doubt. There was a bit of abuse for, for Chambers' performance and, and calling calling out, hashtag calling out mistakes. Um, but I thought he's trying to be smart here and not concede a penalty by fouling yeah. him outside the area. Yeah. So the fact exactly the referee's given thought. the penalty yeah. is pretty is is just made that situation a whole lot worse. But Jacobson steps up, 
And what happens next with the penalty? It's a, it's a great save. I mean, Holy must look huge in that goal when you're facing him. Um, but it is a, it's an absolutely superb save. All, all the various pictures have gone online today. You know, it's a big, strong handout. And what's great is he manages to tip it to the side as well. It's not just knocked straight back into play for the guy to tap it into the net. So he gets a great hand on it. Uh, it's, it's a decent height for him to save, given how big Holy is. Um, and then thankfully, Edwards is following up and manages to, to smack the ball clear. But it, it really is a fantastic save. And at that point, you know, what is it, 80, 85th, 86th minute by the time the penalty is taken? Uh, the crowd are roaring and you really, really want them to go on now and, and, and win the game. Um, really happy for Holy as well. He's, uh, like I said earlier, I don't think he deserved to get dropped for the South End game. So I'm really happy for him. Now he's back in the side, did really well. And um, it's, it's just a great save. He doesn't practice penalties, Seb. He hates penalties, he admitted afterwards. I saw that, yeah. He said he's only saved two or two or three in his career, so it's a, it's a fantastic save. I mean. doesn't even do him in training. When no, players really, ask okay. him to, to do penalty practice, he's not having it. So that makes it even more impressive. Yeah. Um, and as you say, good on Holy. I think it'd be good for him to have a, a run in the team, but who knows what's going to happen. It's FA Cup. Well, Sunday, I, presume, yeah, so. I presume Norris will now come in for the next two games for the Coventry game, the first Coventry game of the Richard Woodward derby um, this coming weekend. And then I assume he'll keep his place for the uh, the Peterborough game uh, next midweek. But I would like to see Holy back in goal for the, the second Coventry game, the uh, the league game. Second game of the Ipswich derby. Um, 88 minutes, keen on for Norwood. Not a good night for Norwood, would you say? Fit? No, and, and again, we've got this problem where uh, I'm not sure he's fully fit. But we've got this issue as well. When he gets booked in the first half of a game, it really, really tampers his second half performance because he can't do all the things he's been doing up until the booking. Uh, the booking was really frustrating, just going off and shouting at the linesman. I know he's frustrated, but surely at the back of his mind, he's got to think, I'm on I'm on five yellows here. I'll, I'll always accept a yellow. You know, if it's a tactical foul, if, if the players are breaking and Norwood hacks somebody down just to, to buy a bit of time and stop an attack, that's fair enough. But we're now going to miss him for that Coventry game just because he's mouthing off. But... I understand you can't really take that out of his game, but it's still frustrating. Keane comes on and Keane is in the action within a minute. It's a long yeah. punt up the field from Holy, and that's another thing you get maybe slightly better than Norris. Um, it spins and volleys just over the bar. Um, we then have six minutes, as you say. Everyone's kind of thinking, go again and um, try and win this game. It was a, a bit of an injustice, the penalty. So, you know, harness that. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, 
there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But nothing really happens. All that happens is Akin Fenwell finally gets a booking for kicking the ball away. The referee even called him over at about 80 odd minutes and said, and pointed them out as they do, you've got one more chance. And I'm sure he did it a bit five more, six more times. Finally got the card. But that was it. Booze in the crowd. Lambert not happy, Seb. Um, what is your take on this? It, to me, I think it was quite an entertaining game. Clearly, talking points are what we go to football for, about. Yeah. But clearly, um, a really big opportunity for us to um, to um, bridge that gap back to Wickham, even though we've got games in hand. I don't think I was wasn't particularly impressed with Wickham. I'm going to be honest. No. Um, but did we do enough to no, win this I, game? I, I, no, as proven with the no shots on target. You know, we were robbed. It was a perfectly good goal ruled out, but we, we can't really honestly say we we did enough after that to, to, to win the game. No shots on target in the match. I think 17 shots in total, but none on target. You really, really want to want to see the, uh, the the injustice of that goal being ruled out to spur the team on in the second half, let Lambert get into them at half-time and really come out the traps flying. But in the second half, nothing happened for the first sort of 30, 35 minutes of, of the second half performance. So in my eyes, um, although we played well... I can't think we can honestly sit here hand on heart and say we definitely deserve to win. Wickham set up and deserve credit. Yeah, did a bit of a job on us, I guess. Um, like you say, it's normally four three three, but it definitely felt like Akin Fenwell was up front on his own, sort of, you know, and he needed the runners to get in behind him. So I think they just set up to, to play for a draw. The time wasting from their keeper started at about I think twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah. He didn't, the referee did, to be fair, he did book him. I think halfway through the second half, because normally when that happens, they don't book him until sort of the eighty fifth minute. It's completely pointless. But he did get a card out for him. I think halfway through the second half, but they were clearly there for the point. You know, they're on a great run. To be fair, they've only lost one game all season um they've come away to us we're rightly so the favorites for that game we're probably the favorites for the league uh you can't blame them for, for how they came and they had a game plan and they, they actually did pretty well all i didn't like was all that like we said earlier that shithousery about surrounding the ref straight away and running to them every time and you know all the the pointing at the uh, the tackle well they've been tackled and stuff to try and get our players in trouble i, I don't think there's any need for that Norwood's probably not done himself any favours, not heard anything more about this, but a tweet afterwards, blatant penalty, blatant goal to slow, one of the worst performances I've ever seen from an official in 10 years, um, subsequently deleted. It's been deleted, yeah. Um, but, I assume that'll be a fine from the FA. And I think a few people on Twitter have said, I'll start the whip round. And I think, <laughs> to be fair, I think they've got a point. Uh, I think I'll contribute yeah. to that. Um, but not a good night for the officials. We talked about them already. Um should we get on to the questions? There's some yeah, questions about the referee here. Um, let's start with um, our friend Tim Pashley. Um, so would you choose to have last night's ref or Mr. Stroud or Mr. Durso? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would you rather die by lethal injection or firing squad? Um, I, I think because it's so so in the memory at the moment, I wouldn't want that ref from last night ever again, but it is only, it's less than 24 hours. You know, if I, if I think logically and think of all the times that Stroud and Durso were awful, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I wouldn't want any of them ever again, but unfortunately, I guess we might have to cross paths with this guy at some point later on in the league. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Lambert's 
conversation with is it Mick Jones, the head of the referees? I think. I don't know um, if that comes to anything. Um, you'd like to think that people will be looking at the performance. Um, James Monk, less of a question, more of an observation. Not seen us um, live yet, only in the telly, but to me, nor would a good player, but can't stick the ball in the net against the better clubs when needed. You've already mentioned this. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, his record so far, he scored against Peterborough, to be fair, didn't he? But it was sort of a, 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 almost a, a lucky tap-in and he missed a penalty yeah. against them. But the big games where you want your big players to, to produce moments for you. Um, we think back to the playoff season to Mick, you know, Murphy, one of our big players, McGoldrick, you know, they'd always always deliver when we needed them to um, in that season. You want your big players to be the ones who can, you know, drag the rest of the team across the line. And and so far against the, the so-called big boys, he, he hasn't done it. And that, that miss in the first half was a, was a bit of a shocker. Do you think he's too riled up for the big games? Once sometimes, to make an yeah. Yeah, sometimes maybe. Um, and, and like I say, when he gets booked early on in the game, it does really, really tamper his second half performance. He can't do what he wants to do. Maybe he just needs to learn to cool it a little bit and bring it on stronger in the second half when the uh, uh, when the crowd's up. Hmm. Um, Boy 79 has got an angle on, on this as well. Is the lack of chances we're creating a worry? Um, or is it more how, more to do with how deep... Other teams are playing against us at home. 17 shots last night. Only You could argue that only one or two of those are clear-cut chances. Is there something about the creativity there? We'll go on another question about midfield, which we'll come on to next. But are we reliant too much on Jackson in order to fashion these chances themselves? I think so. I mean, we started to go long last night, I noticed, uh, with, with Jackson running the channels. When he uses his pace in the channels, it's a useful weapon. But you are, you know, you could argue with that midfield midfield last night with Scoose, a, a not fully fit Hughes, you are lacking a bit of creativity. I think a judge in there or a, or a you know, a Teddy Bishop, a creative player could make all the difference uh, with the little through balls. They find the space, they work the angles, they sort of play between the lines uh, and bring others into play. But but last night we started to go long and it's, uh, I think we are just a bit reliant on sometimes, you know, a long ball from the back. Uh, Jackson runs into the channels, crosses it in and we're hoping that, that Norwood can get on the end of it. Or a Garbutt set piece. But, um, but last night they weren't great at all, were they? No, I mean, the no, no. Um, Martin, um, when was the last time a referee had such a poor game at Portman Road? Genuinely struggling to think of worst performance in the last 40 years. I, th- I think there were a few last season. We didn't get too many big decisions last season and that kind of added to how crap our season was. But I'm struggling to rem- I, I can just I re- remember individual moments I remember Dursley sending off the grill at Chelsea. And, yeah, um, I remember it in the Roy Keane era. Was it, I think it was his second. It must have been just before he got fired. Uh, we played Swansea at Portman Road. Uh, and the ref that day, I can't remember who it was, but he, he was awful. We had a blatant penalty ruled out and he was, it was really bad. That one sticks in the mind, but that's probably 2010, I'm guessing. So A consistently poor 90 minutes is pretty difficult yes. for a referee. Eventually, if you're giving constantly wrong decisions, you eventually end up giving one correctly. Um, yeah. And he didn't. I'm not sure he even had too much right last night. Um, Jason discussed sports science, nutrition, squad rotation, formations. It's waste in League One. From what I've seen, you need <laughs> height, power, a cynical attitude, a crate of beer, a sing along, fish and chips on the way home. Are we overthinking things, Seb? Potentially, yeah. Um, I mean, if you look, Wickham at top of the league with a, a 16 stone brute force up front you know it does yeah it does it does work to a certain degree in this league we've seen all the stuff about um i think dave said it before between in the box in this in this league the the finishing and stuff is is pretty woeful so all the stuff about what he's just said you know sports science all that kind of stuff maybe you just need a big lump up front lump the ball to him and have runners going behind um you've mentioned this already but i'll ask you anyway um chris hodges how lacking match practice was 
Hughes um, tonight. And yet again, I see very little from Noland. Um, who would be best player to play in that um, attacking midfield role? Who is fit? And your your take would be Judge. Yeah, so Judge, obviously, we had, he had the goal against Lincoln, so you'd like to think that'll set him off on a little run now. I was really disappointed that he only got, was it was it three or four minutes at the weekend um, against um, uh, Blackpool, and then nothing, obviously, tonight. So he is the one I'd like to see in that position. And also, he gives a bit of variation to the set pieces. He's a right footer, so if Garber's not having the best night, you've got a bit of quality there as well in, in, in Judge. Hughes is becoming a bit of a concern because he's played, you know, he played the 90 minutes in the, uh, uh, in the AFL games and the uh, Lincoln away game. I think so I was a bit I'm getting a bit worried the fact that he's he's having he should in theory be up to match sort of match match sharpness now but he's just not influencing games I understand he's been out for a hell of a long time and I assume he'll probably play the next two but but at some point he's got to start you know coming good and get a consistent run in the team because when he is fit and when he's on form he's, he's probably the best player in the league um, I, I do rate him that highly based on what we've seen in the past but it is getting worrying now how you know we're in November He's technically been fit since the start of the season. He's played a decent amount of uh, of games now. If you add the league and all the cup games together, and he's just he's still not doing it at the moment. Telling contributions missing at the moment. Yeah. Um, mullet, your northern main mullet. Um, what type of side are we? Where's the identity of Lambert's team? I, I don't think we've got identity yet. I still don't think it's happening. We we keep changing things every single week. Uh, just as you think he's got settled with the formation, you think I'd like to see him build on this. The next week, it all changes back again. So I think long term, he wants to play four three three. He did it last season, pretty uh, um, pretty pretty much throughout the whole year. But but with Sears and Lancaster out, I don't think he's, he thinks he's got the players that can do that yet. So when they come back, hopefully we'll see a bit of a uh, a bit of a consistent formation change. Because if we go back up to the championship just by having getting promoted by having better players, we're not going to be set up great for next year. To to Jason's earlier point, though, do we need an identity? Um, I think so. I mean, if you look at the side... We're second in the league, Seb. We are, but it's in League One. Yeah, so that's the point. Yeah, but... okay. Save save yourself an identity for when it matters in the championship. Right, and and just work it out suddenly in the space of a pre-season. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm playing (laughs) devil's advocate. I'm hosting. (laughs) I just think we need something. I mean, look (laughs) at the sides that go up and are successful. Your your Norwiches, your Sheffield Uniteds, uh, they're the ones that have been playing the same way now. I mean, everyone... uh, I, I live in North. Uh, live and work in North Wales. Everyone watched the Man United Sheffield United game at the weekend, and at work they're like, "They do this thing with overlapping centre backs." I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, I know. We've been doing it for like you know three or four years. We've been seeing it in the lower leagues, but they've been doing that with consistency, and it, it's reaping the benefits now." I, I wouldn't like to go up uh, to the Championship and have all this chopping and changing and whatnot because back up there, well, as we've seen, you know, the, the the gap in quality is huge. Hold that thought. There's a few more questions than that, but I, I do agree with you. I'm, I'm just winding you up, you know. I'm doing my job. Um, uh, Benjamin Aria, was the result proof that the international break could be a hindrance to our season? Um, in his opinion, a few players looked as if they were lacking sharpness. Um, Chambers has mentioned it. Um, I think this is the second game we've now played for a rearranged fixture. The point study is now four points. I think I'm trying to remember the other one. Rochdale, was it? Yeah. So four I mean, points. Oxford's not been rearranged yet. Oxford's not been rearranged. Um, your thoughts on sharpness or lack? Yeah, I, mean, I would have liked to have seen the um, a couple of the first teamers given a game at uh, Lincoln um, in midweek. Maybe maybe Chambers for you know sixty minutes. I think the older players do need that. Um, we haven't got the kind of players that could just suddenly come back in after a three week rest and hit the ground running. So I would have liked to have seen less less rotation for those two cup games to ensure that everyone is kept sort of semi fresh for the for the for the big games when they come. Justin Grimwood, we've talked about this as well. Have next season's championship teams got anything to worry about? 
where these two sides currently occupy in the promotion <laughs> places. Despite being the better team by a mile, in his opinion, we look a million miles off being able to hold our own in a higher level again. Um, yeah, uh, Wickham and Ipswich. I, I, let me let me um, spin the question a little bit. Yeah. Number one, are we going to stay there for the rest of the season? And number two, is he right? Are they going to? Are these teams that can stay and compete in the championship as it stands? Um, so I think over the course of the season, I expect, based on what I saw last night, I didn't think that much of Wickham. So I would expect them to maybe drop away um, as the games come thick and fast. Hopefully, obviously, we will we will still be in the running at the end of the season. With regards to the championship, I mean, I don't think they've got anything to worry about based on based on. Well, we know we know the strikers that we have aren't good enough for the championship based on last year. The players that were there, the likes of your Scooses and your, uh, your, your Chambers will be another year older. So of, of our current squad, um, probably Judge on form, Hughes on form, Sears, Lancaster and Wolfenden and Downs. Well, to be fair, yeah, that's half, I guess that's half a side. Um, at this point, no, but hopefully if we can uh, finish the season, well, have a, a decent run now and build some momentum into the season, you'd like to think that hopefully half, half that squad, in theory, could make a bit of a step up. I've got the feeling that there are teams with better form and better um, pattern of play, better setup than us who are coming up. Um, but at the moment, the points that we've got on the board are helping us stay where we are. Um, it's going to be an interesting. I, I, I think it's all going to kind of narrow up a little bit around the top six. Um, I think a few teams there are going to fall away. I can't see Oxford's sticking around there too long. But you've got Peterborough still there, although shaky. Rotherham. Portsmouth starting but to look win. At Port, look at Portsmouth in a form. Yeah, they're yeah, now, only, what, they're now two three points two points out of the playoffs. Yeah. Blackpool, I think probably and Fleetwood not good enough. But yeah, I think I think it's going to kind of close up a little bit over Christmas. Um, Sully, our mate Sully in New York. Hi, Sully. Um, <laughs> when I'm, I won't, you can read the tweet. It's on the thread. Um, he he mentions Danassian's clear second yellow. Um, he has to walk, and we've we've said we agree with that. Um, yep. FPL tractor though, let's let's change tact a little bit. Um, it seems to be a bit of negativity around, but I think most people have taken this position at the start of the season. Should we be more understanding about the ups and downs that you go through during a season? Um, yeah, but the trouble is, I think the season started so well. Um, you know, we had that great sort of run in August um, and into September, and then as these international breaks and postponed games are taking effect. Um, we're sort of staggering a little bit. It doesn't really feel like we've sort of got going yet this season. Everyone's sort of saying, you know, well, we're going to click soon, we're going to click soon. But we are, uh, what are we now, a third of the way through the season and we haven't clicked yet. And I think that's got something to do with all this, this stuttering start we're having at the moment. I'd like to think now with a consistent run of games up until Christmas and then after Christmas into the new year, we can get back to how it was in sort of August, uh, September time when we were we started the season so well. Um, and, uh, and hopefully we can sort of build from there. Mike, um, Mike on slow. Um, so easy to blame the officials, but good teams always find a way to win. We've talked about this. Um, surely if we have to start beating at least some of the teams around us to be considered serious promotion contenders. Otherwise, as I've just said, we run borrowed time. I think we agree with that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, at the time, Fleetwood were in the top six and we played them. I think they were third and we beat them. But apart from that, it's, it's just not happened against top six sides yet. Gareth Beanie, and we talked about this as well. I think this is the question I mentioned before. Do officials in this league come to Pormoray with an attitude of, I'm not going to let this crowd sway me, um, as they're not used to this type of atmosphere and therefore accidentally lean psychologically towards the opposition? So many times it, this season it feels that way. Um, do you think he's got a point? Yeah, potentially. I mean, it, it, you could argue it is their big day out um, if they come to Portman Road. Apart the referee? Sunday. Yeah, um, it, could be their biggest, okay. it could be the biggest game of the season to, to, to referee in, couldn't it? So there, there might well be something you. in that. Yeah. Go to the war from. 
<laughs> there might well be something in that. Dead so Sheeran walk thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I th- and as I say, can I go back to Mike's question as well? We need to figure out a way to to win in spite of that, rather than it being the excuse which it was. We've talked well, about that what, as well. That's what I think we all wanted at the start of the second half. We all thought, you know, they'll come out of the traps now and they'll really go for it, but it just, just didn't happen. Andy Grimes and James Houston asked kind of similar questions. Um, let me see if I can merge these together. Is the squad rotation manifesting itself in a lack of understanding between players in certain areas? Um, and James's um, angle on that is the constant change of shape affecting our attacking edge. Uh, I guess it could be. I mean, Harry always used to talk about was it covalent bonds? Covalent um, bonds. That he used to talk about. Maybe you're the, right, Harry. Show. Hello. Um, yes. Hello, Harry. Um, so you've got a good point there. I guess if you're playing, if, if, if let's say you're, you're Luke Garbett, one week you're at left back, you start the season left midfield, attacking left midfield, then you're at left back, then you're at left wing back, you've got a different player sort of inside you week in, week out. I guess it can be quite hard for those uh, those understandings to develop. And I guess that's that's present throughout the whole team, which which you could argue is affecting our attacking prowess. And Brad kind of adds into there as well. Lambert is tactically inept. He switches his wingers in a game and calls himself a tactical genius. Discuss. I'm not sure. Is that an opinion, Brad, or are you looking to catch Seb out? I don't know. I don't think he's tactically inept, um, but last night the subs definitely came far too late to make any kind of influence on the game. Uh, I remember when he went to the three-five-two. Was it was it MK Don's away? I think it was. Um, and suddenly, you know, Wilson's looking really good. We win, we win one nil. We got a nice little run of form, and you think to yourself, "Oh yeah, okay." So he knows what he's doing here. Um, but for me, yesterday he did leave the side. He left the substitutions too late. Um, Ian McIntyre has provided an, an essay, as he's called it. Definitely worth having a look back through the thread and having a read of that because some interesting points he's brought yeah. out there. His oh, his nice. his general point is. Um, we've talked about the poor officiating and, and the way the opposition's set up and his, his view is that the poor officiating, the frustration that that builds must affect performances. He's, he's got a point, hasn't he? He has, but I think at the same time, you've got to rise above it. Um, it's, it's frustrating. It, you know, it annoys all the crowd, but as players, you want your leaders to step up there. You want your Chambers, your Skuses, your Norwoods to really step up and say, look, Let's let's have let's win this game. Let's not let this be the big talking point from the match. Um, you'd like to think they could rise above it, but but last night they could. Who are the players to do that? So do we do we lack that kind of player who can mentally rise above it? And and you know, I, to me, it's Scoose. Scoose is the kind of calm head in midfield. But yeah, last few weeks he's not really been hundred percent, has he? And no, he's, he's still picking up a bit of a, an injury or a knock. He seems to get like a big clattering once a game at the moment. Well, he's mentioned the rotation the not really helping him out as well as Chambers. You know, is it difficult for him to go back up to game? But who, who have we got in the team? Norwood, as we said, when the pressure's on, Norwood reacts usually um, <laughs> destructively. Yeah. Who, who else have we got? I, Nolan. I guess kind you, of want, you want your spine, don't you? So you want your chambers, your skews, then one of the forward players. Sears always strikes me as quite a calm sort of guy who you would like to think, with his experience, would be able to uh, to sort of you know g the rest of them up a little bit in a slightly different way to how Chambers does it. Um, but at the moment, I think it's ju- it's just Chambers and Scoops. Tractor Boy Pete, let's let's end on this one because I I'm leading you towards this um, like a good host should. The defence and front two currently pit themselves. So for me, it's the midfield that we have an issue. What do you think will be our best field to give protection to the fence and create opportunities for the forwards? And I will supplement that with who in midfield is going to score us goals when Nord and Jackson are not on it? Who's going to pop up with a shot from the edge of the box? Is it is it Nolan? We all kind of hoped it would be. Who is your what is your midfield configuration of preference of choice? You want to four three three, do you or yeah, so four three three. Um 
I guess for now, Downs is a, a, a nailed-on no-brainer. He's the runner. Um, he's the one you want in there to uh, to provide the legs. I think you've got to have Scoos alongside him probably for the rest of this year. However, this is next year. I'd probably be saying Downs as the as a defensive midfielder. So I'd have Scoos Downs, and then Hughes for me isn't fit yet. So for a goal threat, it has to be either sort of Judge or Nolan. And I, I think I would have Nolan in there as your as your box to box. He's got the security policy of those two players slightly behind him, um, so he can break forward and try and look to get on the end of things. He did it last year. Was it was it West Brom away yeah. uh, arriving? late into the box um, Tranmere at home this year he followed up on a Jackson shot as the most advanced player um, so with, with that, as things stand those three however as time goes by Scoos will drop out uh, Downs will take over that role and then I, you, you've got to hope it's a, a fully fit Emir Hughes to, uh, to provide that other box to box kind of calibre more goals needed from midfield though is my final point but we've been saying that for years haven't we I mean, we yeah. have but get on with it sort it out not you personally (laughs) good stuff thank you for the questions really good questions there i was expecting kind of just 20 questions about how crap is was that referee i think we had some good nuance on that debate um particularly ian's contribution which i yeah very insightful and thank you for the questions as always really good stuff thank you for your answers then let's do some roundup quickly there was only there was three matches last night um presumably international um break fixtures being caught up uh, Portsmouth 3 Rotherham 2 good result for Portsmouth on a little bit of a rally after a pretty crappy start to the season Kenny Jacket is hanging on there um, I but, thought I thought he'd have gone personally. I thought maybe sort of six weeks ago, five weeks ago, I thought he wasn't long for that position. But look at him now; they're two points outside of the playoffs, and they're on a they're on a great run of form. Three. That's a, that's going to be a, yeah. That's going to be a really big game in what is it now? Three weeks time, four weeks time. Yeah. That's going to be a really really big game down at Fratton Park. Sunderland one, Burton two. So <laughs> it's not really clicked into gear for Parky at Sunderland and Burton are again were one of our teams that we were tipping to be half decent there or thereabouts but they are 14th not good for Sunderland no I mean I, this proves I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm fairly sure on the last podcast uh, when I was here I said that Sunderland with a new manager would be our, our still our greatest threat to the season um, but it, it's just not happened for him I guess there's a, a the club sort of that club sort of I'm not educated enough on the, on the, on the matter to, to give a definitive answer but to me it strikes as being sort of rotten you watch the Netflix documentary you know mm. um, you get the impression they need major major wholesale changes both in the playing staff coaching staff and probably um, some aspects of the, uh, of the yeah of the leadership there Um, changes doesn't it it's weird yeah but that said they are only three points outside the playoffs so you you, you would rule against them going on a hell of a run in the second half of the season with the the likes of Grigg and the kind of firepower they potentially have got up front perhaps um league table then Wickham maintain their um, position at the top um, with a five-point gap to us but we have the two games in hand um, and other bits and pieces of reconfiguration there. Rotherham stay stay fourth on 30 points, level with Coventry on games now and posh. Um, and just outside, as we said, Portsmouth. Um, you said Sunderland with a new manager might do well. Portsmouth with their existing manager are on the trajectory that yeah. we probably expected and probably, as I said, by the turn of the year, might be in the playoffs. And, and don't just, don't roll out. Sorry, jump in. Don't roll out Doncaster either. I mean, because the way the league is with with the Berry postponements and the Bolton games. Oh, sorry, the Berry uh, Berry postponements and the um, the Bolton game being called off. Doncaster only played like fifteen games, so they've got two games in hand over us, and I think they've got uh, yeah they got four games in hand over Wickham. Blimey! So Doncaster could be like the shooting star that suddenly uh, yeah f- flies up the league. Um, no league action on this weekend. though we are. Um, 
I don't know how to explain this, but there is further rounds in cup competitions, Seb. And <laughs> as we mentioned before, I'm in the fortunate position of having a home game in inverted commas um, two weeks in a row, um, carving the cup. Um, things to mention, um, housekeeping to mention, 2 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. Don't rock up at three on Saturday unless you want to watch Birmingham City v Millwall. And the trains are a bit dodgy. So if you're planning to get the train out to Bordesley, which is a local station, um, you're going to be disappointed. So sort of taxi. It's a 20-minute walk. Hopefully it won't be raining, but it's the Midlands. So it probably will be. Um, this is great. It's like, it's like travel advice. It's brilliant. Local train stations. Not every game is in, and... is in the Midlands, is it? That's the issue. Um, <laughs> so I've been up here for over 10 years, so I know my stuff. Um, your thoughts on what the team will look like? Uh, we've, you've said that you think Norris will come in. Do you, do you, um, do you, would you play Norwood, given he's suspended week after? Yeah, because I think he needs the that, that. Norwood, to me, he reminds me of Rooney. He can't just come straight back in and, and, and hit the ground running. He needs that two, three, four games to get himself back up to back up to speed. So I would play him. I assume it will be a, a vast majority of changes. I'd imagine you're looking at Norris in goal. Uh, NCR will come back in. Kenlock will come in at left back. Wilson might well keep his place as the other centre-back. Uh, Danassian, in theory, has to play because we haven't really got any other options at the moment at right back. Judge will get a game, I would have thought. Um, Dizelle will come back in. I saw Roberts play for them the 23s, so potentially he might uh, maybe partner Norwood up front. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Keane, of course, as well, needs minutes. So I'd imagine it'll be a very changed team. Uh, and then I'd imagine it will be a similar team from cup game to cup game for the Peterborough game next week. I'd like to play personally. I'd play quite a, uh, a decent side against Peterborough because I, I think we could, we could win that competition and uh, yeah, I'd love a day out of Wembley because we've not been to the new Wembley, but uh, I think he will just, I think he'll keep uh, similar sides with both and it'll be the vast majority of first team is rusted. Plus there's a little bit of a rival building with Peterborough, isn't there? Well, that's why I'd like to do it. Yeah. You know, just to beat them, to shut them up with all this, you know, well, if only they haven't played, blah, 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 blah. It'd be good just to go out there, beat them and then, you know, just, just just to do the talking on the pitch. I'd love to provide some insights on Cov, um, but I, I, sure. I, I don't know too. I, as much as people well, joke, know. I don't actually watch them every week, so I don't know how much rotation they've done. Um, but a team with a good academy, so probably a good smattering of youth players, probably rotation maybe as well um, for them. Um, but tough game, fifth in the league. Um, they're only five points behind us as well. Played a game extra. Could be tough. Um, do we, I, I, we want to stay in the... FA Cup, Seb. I guess we want to get to the third round. I would like, yeah, I'd like to stay in one more round, just in the hope we get a big boy in the in the third round. I mean, our FA Cup third round draws for the last X number of years have always been awful. You know, was it Sheffield United a couple of years ago? They're, they're always boring games that team games we always play. We never seem to get that that draw. You know, imagine bringing to Liverpool to Portman Road or City to Portman Road or you know Arsenal. It would be fantastic just to to break the norm. So I'd like to get through this round and then have a really big, really big game in the in the in the next round. We want Everton away, don't we? We do for um, for football ground off reasons, or maybe Spurs away. I'd love to do the new Spurs stadium. Yeah, that'd be cool. But there's um, there's the incentive. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll go through and we'll end up playing Cardiff or somebody. Yeah, it it, it won't it won't be exciting. Think of the worst trip you can make, and that would be it. Um, Good stuff. That's it. In terms of um, plugs and bits and pieces, you can find the channel Abu Monday ITFC. Um, and at some point, uh, we'll figure out the configuration for podcasts during December. Um, expect to have me on all of the pods where Coventry are involved, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, um, but um, who else we have on? Um, whether Seb makes another appearance, who knows? Um, make sure you give him plenty of feedback at his Twitter account, which is 
at brown s08 yeah make it make it nice and positive though um you can find me <laughs> at ipswich and uh benjamin bloom on youtube is where all of our video content goes including his great stuff on the championship um and that's it seb that is all i've got to say um I, i'll thank you for your contribution and i'm sure you'll make another appearance as we said throughout the season um and i will let you have the last word make oh, it non-offensive again. oh no um uh, oh, I can't Brilliant. think of anything Brilliant. funny or anything Brilliant. interesting. I'm loving this. So I'll just say thanks very much for having me and, uh, and look forward to the next one. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.